Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm Lori Salarulo, and I'm your host. I'm the proud CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. And so what I love about this show is I get to learn so much about fellow leaders and colleagues and entrepreneurs in Broward County and South Palm Beach County. And I always walk away inspired and motivated and learn something new every day. And good morning to our producer, Mr. Patrick, behind me. Uh, and so this morning is no different. Uh, this morning is our, our guest is someone that I've come to know over the past several years. Uh, and I've watched her career uh, transcend to the highest levels um, and watched her grow as a leader. And uh, I just love it. And I think she's amazing. So please help me welcome Jessica Lerner who is the president and CEO of Community Care Plan. And thank you and welcome, Jessica. Good morning, Lori. Thank you very much for having me. This is very exciting. Oh, thank you. Yes, I always wanted my own talk show, I said. So um, so that's how we came up with Recipe for Success. So um, just quickly, how are you? How, how are you doing through all of this? We've been through four months uh, now. And so how are you holding up? You know, surprisingly well. The good news is, thank God, my family and friends and everyone has been healthy. So that's been good. We've been staying at home and following guidelines. Uh, in terms of community care plan, uh, we had to pivot very quickly, like many organizations, to go to working from remote, 100% remote. We have about 185 employees we had to do that for. We did it in four days. The IT team was phenomenal. And I have to say, you know, we have not missed a beat as a relates to any productivity or operational metrics that we've had to meet in serving our community. So we are so proud and blessed, to be honest, that we were able to do that so quickly and do it so well. Yeah. So, I mean, when, when things happen that quickly, Jessica, I can't help but think that the organization is in a good place. The people are in a good place. The culture is healthy, right? Because otherwise, major transitions like this don't happen that easily. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, where were you as an organization that, that it happened so easily and so well? So just a little history then, to it, so you'll know, is that Community Care Plan was founded six years ago. Actually, June 9th was our six-year anniversary. Um, we are actually owned by Memorial Healthcare System and Broward Health. We are a health plan for South Florida residents. We serve over 100,000 people in our community and provide health insurance, whether that's Medicaid health insurance or Florida Healthy Kids, um, as well as commercial members, which are employees of perhaps Broward County government or Broward Regional Health Planning Council. And six years ago, I don't know if this happened, we would have been able to survive, I'll be honest, because the culture wasn't there. And over the last six years, that's what we've focused on. We've actually called it the culture of one, to be able to um, come together and build a solid foundation of, you know, passion for what we do, passion for purpose, understanding what our mission is, knowing that we're here to serve the community, and we'll do whatever it takes to get the work done. And that's the 
mentality, thank goodness, we went into on March 16th of this year. Um, that was already, you know, the mindset. So it wasn't, you know, if we can do this or how we're going to do this. It was let's just do this and figure it out. And I cannot tell you the incredible team, every 185 staff person that we had um, was understanding. I think the organization was understanding too. I mean, we had to recognize there were going to be challenges that we've never faced before. We've never, we have a call center that has to work 24 seven, right? And as an example, if something happened like a hurricane, we're used to those, those were easy. We, we have a call center that takes over in Texas. Well, that call center couldn't take over in Texas because they had the same issue. So it was, how do we get everyone home, give them the headsets, give them the equipment, have them work and be able to do, make sure they have internet, all of it. So, you know, I just think had we not had such a solid family foundation, which is really what it is, this is a second family for all of us, um, we wouldn't have been able to do it so well. And I'm, I'm proud that we had that culture. I love that, the culture of one. I really like that. So do you have, is that like a, documented and you have values under it. I, I love that. Um, you know, we do have our core principles and there are six of those. Um, you know, people being one of those pillars or one of those principles is there and that's where the culture of one resides, if you will, in terms of uh, our structure and our and our infrastructure. I love that. Um, and so, and you hear people talk about culture, but I, I love the way that, that that brings everyone together under one right? And makes them stronger. Um, you mentioned ingredients like passion for purpose, um, here to serve, right? Serving others, uh, do what it takes to get it done, right? And I love that. Uh, being a family and caring about the people. Um, the first one, passion for purpose. So tell me, how did Jessica find her purpose? So, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm not sure I found my purpose so early in life. <laughs> um, I, I graduated college and I had a management marketing degree and I didn't know what I was going to do that. I was actually doing party planning. Um, I, I know I was, I have a creative side. I was doing a lot of party planning. And what was interesting is I was doing party planning for um, many different clients, but one of our clients was the American Medical Association. And we do all their, you know, um, uh, they had events. So we would do all their events. We would do the centerpieces. We would do the invitations, stuff like that. And I got friendly with some people who were in the medical field and one of them like owned a health plan and said, Hey, do you want to come work for us at this health plan? And I was in my twenties. I don't know what a health plan was. I don't even remember how I had insurance to be honest with you. Um, and I said, okay. Um, so I started to learn the business and learn about people having insurance, the importance of it. Um, that company sold. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to decide where I ended up go to work. And I called um, actually pediatric associates. <laughs> and I was like, I think you might need me to come work for you. And they had just filled a position, but they said, no, you know, there's somebody over at Memorial Healthcare System. And I said, oh, they have an open position. So bottom line is I applied and I, I ended up working at Memorial Healthcare System and being involved in their insurance side of it, if you will, for the employees of Memorial and making sure that the employees had care. And then we took on the uninsured business where there are people throughout our community who don't have insurance, yet our safety net hospitals and F, uh, um, FQHCs, um, federally qualified health centers, you know, they provide a lot of care for people who don't have insurance. And I, this was all new to me. So learning that sort of a bit gave me more passion to help our community and, and, 
insurance can be confusing. And, you know, I help half my family and friends try to understand it. So I just became very interested in it. And I think probably a pivotal moment for me is when I was in my early 20s, I kind of thought I knew everything. I was, I was, yeah, I don't know if that's normal for everybody at that age, but you kind of feel like girls. I think teenage yeah. girls. <laughs> yeah, I thought I knew everything. I had it into control. I was, you know, big control freak too. And I will tell you that, um, you know, I had a challenge one year. I, I actually was eight months pregnant, and my husband decided this was not what he wanted anymore, and he left. Yes, and at that same time, um, my sister, who was, you know, probably seven, eight years older than me, got sick with cancer, and she ended up passing away at forty-four. And so I had a baby, got divorced, and my, lost my sister within like a 90-day period of time. Oh, my God. And, and it was really, really challenging. And I realized many a thing in that, right? And it was, I don't control everything. I can't control everything. I, I need to understand that I don't know everything. <laughs> and there's a lot left to learn. And you have to go through some things like that to realize, you know, what is important and what is your passion. And you can't just, you know... You have to listen to others and you have to learn from others and you have to grow from others. And at, you know, 29, I certainly didn't know it a lot. <laughs> and so I took a step back to realize, you know, what else can I be doing and further helping in the community? And we got very involved and I had some very phenomenal mentors and that was important to me, especially during that time who were there, you know, to help even with the non-work related challenges that were happening. Um, and, you know, you know some of those mentors, John Benz being one of them, and uh, Marilyn Maselli being another, who kind of helped me uh, grow in my career and and take the passion that I have for helping people and guiding them through, you know, their health and making sure they got the care and how do they do that and where do they go and grow it into something larger. Yeah. Well, wow, that's um, that's interesting <laughs> story um, and and a tough one. And, you know, I think it's it's often you see when people go through difficult things like that in their lives that one of two things can happen, right? They can stay down, right? Or they can get up and fight and, and become stronger. Um, and so I love that story, what, what it stands for, right? And, and how you realize that you can only control what you can control and the rest of it you got to let go of, right? Um, and that we don't know everything and that we need to keep learning. And I think that's one of the things for me that I love so much about being a leader. And I don't think you need to have the CEO title to be a leader. I think everyone in our organizations are leaders. But knowing that there's just, we're always growing, always learning from each other. Um, and so I love that about you. And so when you first came to CCP, you were not the CEO. John what, Benz was the CEO. Um, and so you kind of, you know, you built this, right? You came along the way and went through the steps. What was that transition like for you? So, you know, it's interesting. I was working at Memorial. I had been there 19 years, as John had been there longer. And we actually had this idea, like, let's start this organization. Let's start this company separate and apart from the hospital system. So uh, it was a leap of faith, first of all, to even start Community Care Plan. and we convinced Memorial and Broward Health this would be a good investment and to you know seed give us seed money. Um, 
and we basically co-founded CCP. Now, John started, yes, as the CEO. He had been threatening to retire from the moment that started. And, you know, so it was always something he talked about and tried to groom me for and prepare me for it. And he did, you know, I learned so much, as, as I mentioned. Um, the transition came, I think was, uh, it was interesting. He had been threatening for about four years uh, of uh, leaving and retiring. And I went on a cruise and I came back in September of 18 and I was walking in the office to an eight hour deposition. And along the way, he was walking next to me. He goes, oh, by the way, I'm going to retire in 30 days. <laughs> and I was like, huh? <laughs> He's like, well, I've been telling you this this whole time. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> And he was going on a cruise upon day 30. So he was going to be out of the country. So it was an interesting transition and, and it was quick. Um, but I had, you know, helped build this organization with John and set the, the, the foundation in place, the culture of one among other things. So, you know, I don't know if it was as hard a transition because I had been there the whole time and it was always discussed. Um, but, you know, you do learn another learning moment that you have to make all the tough decisions. Um, there's nobody else you can ask. I mean, you can ask for guidance and I use my board for that. And I'm so grateful for the people um, I've come to know and whether that's people like yourself, Lori, in our industry or in our community and you learn so much and, and sort of um, ask for their guidance and advice. Um, but ultimately you have to decide. So that was a little bit of a new transition for me. I had nobody else I could go to and say, well, this is my thinking, but do you agree? It was no you know, what, what is best? And you sort of have to take all the input and make that decision. That was new. Um, hopefully getting better at it. And, yeah. you know, I think the other is that I was a very strong operations person, my whole career, everything I did was execute, execute, execute. Um, but at some point when you go into this level, you have to think big picture and think the ideas and not necessarily be focused on the, how you're going to get it done and that you have to rely on your operations people to do that. So there's a, you have to step out of the operations role, which isn't always easy if you've been doing it so many years. So that's been new for me. And um, I'm trying very hard to <laughs> maintain that. You know, I, I, I that's amazing. And, and I've watched you um, since John's retirement the last couple of years. And it's just been, it's been great to watch because, you know, I know from my own experience when I came to JA, um, and I think you know the story, the prior CEO was killed, unfortunately, um, uh, suddenly. And so I knew that I was walking into a situation where, thank goodness, John was still alive, but you're walking into, and, and the one thing you hear all the time, you have big shoes to fill, right? I'm sure you've heard that a million times. Yes. And so did I. And so I know how difficult it is sometimes to come out from behind the shadows of someone that's larger than life. Yeah, it is. Um, and you know, <laughs> it, I only hope that I'm serving and doing as well a job, as good a job and um, trying to fill those shoes. You're right. But I, I believe that the community and those that um, I connect with have been more than supportive and recognized. And, and you know, I can tell you that the team that we've put together at CCP, the leadership team, First of all, they're the ones who do the phenomenal job. Um, they really make all of the effort and work happen. They make it look effortless, and I know it isn't, 
and we've grown so much, even in the short amount of time since 2018, we've added so many more pieces of our business. Florida Healthy Kids is an example. We didn't have that line of business and now we operate in eight counties in South Florida. So we won that business. We now do a lot of work in Palm Beach County with the Palm Beach Health District. So we've been able to expand so quickly, to be honest with you, and so rapidly um, to to make sure and improve the quality and well-being of the communities we serve, but we've been able to serve more communities. Um, and that's, you know, that's really the goal. I, I would really want to see that is. And, and, you know, my goal is for community care plan to at least get to Florida statewide and then we can go from there. Um, but we have such a wonderful product that, you know, is based on truly caring for residents of our community. I would like that to spread throughout the state of Florida. Well, I think that's amazing because I think you're right. Insurance is so difficult to understand. I mean, even myself as the mom of a, of a, a young man with special needs, I get this information, right? And it's got all these plans on it with check boxes. And, and I'm like, I don't, which one? And I, and I think I'm a fairly educated, right? Wise person when it comes to finances. I was a CFO it's still difficult to figure out which one is the best one. It, it is. It's so confusing. And, and there are people who don't have the resources or even as maybe as much interaction or experience in the uh, financial market as yourself. And it's even, it, you need to navigate. You need to help people navigate through. And what insurance, get them on the insurance. But then once you have the insurance, what are your benefits? What's covered? Where do I go? How much is this going to cost me? Um, and we try to, you know, provide as much information and guidance as possible to our members. Um, and we have a you know call center always getting many, many calls. And it's not even just the members, the physician's offices and the, you know, that have to treat all, look, this whole COVID that occurred, there are doctor's offices who are, you know, were devastated by this because they had to close, they had no revenue, they couldn't care for the children. Now, what do we do? Um, you know, we serve 85% of our, of our population, our children. And we had to make sure that they're still getting health care. How are they still getting their vaccinations? How are they getting their well visits? And that's a big priority now for the second half of this year because they couldn't maybe go to the doctor for the last two months. Or you can have a virtual visit, but, you know, you can't have a vaccination through a virtual visit. Right. right. So a lot to tackle. Yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting because we've, you know, we're now partnering, which I love, but we've been talking all along. And, and we talk very often about the correlation, right? And the direct connection between financial literacy, right? Which is what we teach these young people and healthcare literacy. And if we don't have the resources, the stress that they can, that can put on an individual or a family that can't afford insurance or can afford it, but they have deductibles and, and someone gets sick the stress that that could cause to a family, right? When you have financial issues, causes health issues. And when you have health issues, right, it causes financial issues. So that correlation is, is tremendous. It truly is. I mean, you know, usually healthcare is not the top of the list. I mean, I think we're in a unique position since March of this year, just because of what's happening with the pandemic. But prior to that, you know, it was more about, am I paying my rent? You know, do I have a paycheck? Do I have a vehicle, transportation? You know, your, your food, <laughs> a roof over your head. And you kind of let the health care go to the side. And maybe, the, you know, you can't afford the meds or you're splitting your pills because you can't afford the medication. 
and you're a diabetic and you know we had to be we have to be very conscientious of that we have care managers that are you know constantly communicating via phone via text however we we meet in we used to meet in physician offices just to make sure that people are you know getting the care that they need because otherwise that diabetic or that asthmatic child is going to wind up in the ER is going to wind up in a high cost place of service and get in a worse situation with perhaps, you know, the co-insurance or the deductibles or the, you know, dollars that are not covered. So, you know, so we try how, to prevent that. <laughs> how do you, you know, so I, I always laugh because I, I think about our two hospital districts, right? Um, and they are separate entities, right? Um, both serving our community. And so when community care plan came out of both, right? I think there were some of us who were like, oh, well, how is this going to work, right? And so what is that like, right? You have two strong CEOs of those two hospital districts. You're, you're working with both. Um, so you have to manage, right, that those relationships. Is that a part of your success? Because you make it look seamless. Um, well, first of all, the two CEOs are, are my only board members. We have two board members. Um, and they're the two CEO of the districts and they, it's, everything must be unanimous. So just, that's how we operate. Um, I would say five, six years ago, you know, we had some changes at both at Memorial healthcare system, got a new CEO and, um, Broward health had a couple of new CEOs. That was a bit challenging, but I will tell you in the last couple of years that has become the easier part of the job. Um, the both districts, and I think they always have have had the same mission and the same purpose and the care for the community. But to see them so strongly come together, even under, you know, CCP was probably the first experiment of the two districts coming and owning anything together. And I think it's proven to be very, very successful. And I think it's given way for future opportunities. But I mean, even just see how everyone has solidified in this pandemic in terms of the testing sites and the ICU beds and all of the equipment that was necessary. And those organizations work so collaboratively now just to serve not just Broward County, but the South Florida region at this point. Um, and they're doing it so um, amazingly. I would say they work together very well. Um, the shared, you know, uh, mission and, doing the right thing, both leaders and the leaderships of both organizations um, have been easy to work for. And the ideas, I will tell you, that come out of um, both organizations, really, uh, they can include CCP. So for instance, Vaccinate Broward, which we did last year, which Alan Goldsmith, like this was yeah. his brainchild, right? I mean, it was a fabulous idea, like let's come together as a community and try to ensure that everyone's getting their vaccinations. And um, it was a Broward Health Memorial Healthcare System community care plan effort. It was very successful, just the awareness itself. Um, we're going to do it again this year. It'll be a little more challenging <laughs> based on keeping social distancing and, and not having people in uh, close proximity. But um, it was another example of how, you know, I think these health systems, these safety net health systems who are there for people who do not have insurance who are there for people who do have insurance, but for anyone who steps through their doors, um, come together and try to improve the health, just the health itself of our, you know, our family and our friends that live and our neighbors who live with us. Yeah, so important. 
So you gave some amazing ingredients to your recipe, innovation and ideas, um, not being able to, remembering that we can only control what we can control. Challenges, right, can make you stronger. And so don't be afraid of those failures um, and learn from them. Continuing to grow, mentors, passion to help others, taking risks, right? Taking that leap of faith you talked about. Making the tough decisions. I love that one. Um, asking for guidance, um, thinking big picture, and of course, collaboration. And so these shows are also seen by our students, our high school students who are learning about the different careers, whether it's in healthcare or all of the industries, understanding all of the, the skills that they need, the ingredients to be successful. What would you say to those young people? What is your main ingredient? What If they could develop one thing, what would that be? You know, it's interesting because um, we have a, wonderful internship program um, at CCP. Um, and uh, Susan Mancillillo, our HR uh, Chief Human Resources Officer has put it together. And I get asked that question at times when I speak to the interns and they might be a little older than maybe some of the JA students, but nonetheless. And I have um, one thing and it is really, it's so basic. And if, if you're talking about recipe and ingredients, right? Like flour and eggs, right? So basic. Do the right thing. That's mm -hmm. it. Just make sure that you're always doing the right thing because I, you can never go wrong doing the right thing. And I am believe that in my core, no matter what, and you might fail and things may not work out. But the fact of the matter is that you can, you know, hold your head high or sleep well at night that you did what was right. And, and that's it. When you're going to be faced with a lot of examples and a lot of decisions. And a lot of tests. Right? Right? Huh? We're always being tested. Yeah. And right? always let that guide you. Do the right thing through every one of those tests. I love that. You can never go wrong if you do the right thing. I love it. That is an amazing way to end this interview. And thank <laughs> you so much. Thank, thank you for your partnership with JA. Thank you for all that you're doing in the community. Thank you for being an amazing leader. I think it's so important for our young girls. Uh, we have our circle of wise women and we bring the young girls into this and we have scholarships for them to go off to school, to get into careers like you. And I, I just think when they have role models like you, Jessica, that they can really see the picture of where they can go and what they can be. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for putting things like this together. I think you are incredible for what you're doing. I really do. I mean, the fact that you have these and the Circle of Wise Women, and I participated on the other night, amazing. I don't know where you find the time. <laughs> One o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, thank right. you. And thanks, everyone, for watching. And as Jessica said, do the right thing, and let's get cooking.